Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Asian Unfiltered from a different lens. Before we get started, I'd like to thank my sponsor, Bet Online. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Bet Online has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. I'm talking NBA, MMA, bowling. It's the best way to place your bets and it's free to sign up. Head to the website betonline.ag or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online, your online sports book experts. Thanks for tuning in. And for those of you who peeped out my interviews with uh, Estevan Oriol and Mr. Cartoons, uh, they were promote. they're still promoting their documentary LA originals. So that was a big honor on my end to interview them. But anyways, for today, I wanted to talk about, you know, when, once you get to the age where your parents are in their sixties, late sixties, early seventies, and it's definitely at the retirement point and you have to care for them. Um, there's two plights, right? Or stories with Filipinos, you know, there's, there's a Filipino mentality where if you're the immigrant and you have the immigrant workers mentality as far as for caring for your parents once you are like in your 40s or 50s and once they're in the retired age. And there's the other Filipino-American mentality where it's like care for the grown kids. In other words, like that, that people are still going to be, parents are still going to be caring for their kids even if they're in their 30s. They help them buy a home. Uh, this happens quite a bit, and not only in the Filipino community, but also in the Chinese community. With the immigrant perspective, the immigrant worker perspective, the the kids take care of their parents and they owe them so much. that 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 is tattooed in their brain. They possibly even send money back to the Philippines if the parents retire or even live in the Philippines once they have accomplished like education or became a U.S. citizen or even just because, you know, they're ready to go home. Like when I graduated college at the age of 27, my mom and dad decided to move back and we're like, okay, Charlie, the black sheep, he's good. He's set, right? He is ultimately, we don't have to worry about him if he has a college degree, double major from Cal State Northridge, and he still can't provide for himself then, what else can we do, right? So my mom and dad uh, were just waiting for me to graduate in, co- uh, in college. The other version was care for the grown kids mentality is what I mean is it's a passing of the fortune. It's where the parents, hey, just go to school, Don't worry about work or barely work just so you understand what it's like to be in an office. And at the same time, you just get to fulfill education and then take it from there. And then when it's time to buy a home, the parents help them with the down payment. You maintain it. If there's uh, parties for the children, the grandparents still help out and throw down. So that's prevalent like with a set of cousins, two, two, three sets of cousins of mine. Their dad passed away. He was an insurance agent at one point. So they got well taken care of. The mom split, split the 
insurance money three ways. A couple of years before they got that money, they were talking about how they can't afford a home. And then all of a sudden they have homes. I have another cousin who married into a family where they're a slew of nurses and the parents own apartment buildings. So he's well taken care of and he's good. For me, I belong to the point where I was the black sheep. Uh, I came from uh, where my mom was the other woman. And for some reason, my dad decided to, to be lazy and move everyone to Glendale. We lived in the south side of Glendale, which is the poorer side, but still good. Don't get me wrong. I'm not comparing it to like the hood or the ghetto. And then the richer um, first family uh, with adopted kids lived in North Glendale. And inevitably, I was going to run into one or two of them just because it's Glendale. And two, um, I went to high school where one of the kids was a senior and I was a sophomore. And I ended up meeting one of his friends, you know, because my mom raised us to be transparent. I just said, oh, yeah, yeah, I know him. He's a stepbrother of mine. Excuse me. And he was adopted. And that caused a stir and fire. So my dad didn't fund me for college. Uh, Stop really giving me allowance in high school. And he just favored my brother who just did what my dad wanted to do or give the illusion of what he wanted to do. So for me, if my brother and my mom and my dad passed away and never left me any assets, I would be fine because I'm accustomed to grinding and hustling. And it gets to a point to where I completely forgot about what would what it would be like to care for one of them. My dad came from an affluent family, but was also the black sheep because one, he married a Filipino and he's Chinese. And two, because my mom was the other woman until the first wife passed away. We weren't really respected and they never really respected my mom. But, you know, my mom and my dad were retired in the Philippines. I thought they would have been good. I'll save the other reasons for another pod. What took place? So now, after my dad passed away in 2016, I am now taking the lead to care for my mom. She was diagnosed this year with dementia, is monoocular and going blind on the left eye. Started dialysis in November 2020. And she was recently just rushed to the hospital for anemia and an ulcer, had H. pylori. So... That's what I have to deal with. You know, now I'm taking my dad's place. My brother was doing okay, you know, because he was in accounting. He would make good money and survivable money, but he would fuck off the money. He got an autoimmune disease in May 2020 called Guillain-Barre syndrome and is now going to be on dialysis. We're just waiting when because he just had a fistula inserted into his forearm so all of a sudden this was thrown to me in may 2020 in july 2020 and i have to take over the father duties so that i went from the second version care for the grown kids mentality in a sense of hey you know don't i'm not going to care for you guys to now 
I'm the immigrant worker. Where now I have to take care of both my brother and my mom. And all of a sudden, I'm thrown into the fire of, of having two grown adult kids. So I have to switch the mentality. But from May 2020 up to it's September now of 2021, um, I didn't accept it till July of 2021. I thought I'll give it a year. My brother will be walking. But due to recent health issues, he's now going to be on dialysis. But I'm still hopeful. So now I have to take on the immigrant takes care of their parents mentality. And what I'm going through is, do I quit trying to be in broadcasting and media? Ironically, that as I say it on this podcast, right? This podcast may end, it may not. I love podcasting so much, but now that I'm in a financial earthquake and a medical earthquake for my family, I may have to go back to corporate America. And that's where I'm at right now. But I, but as far as for the Filipino and Asian cultural aspect that I wanted to talk about is there's people uh, that encompass and just grab the mentality of like, you know, I'm going to move to the U.S. and care for people. So I'm going to use Anthony Bourdain's Parts Unknown, the episode where he goes to the Philippines. And here's an audio bit where he talks about Aurora who worked overseas to provide for her family. Aurora is such an incredible woman. She has an infectious and loving energy that is so powerful. I am 100% the man I am today because this woman literally raised me from when I was six months old, singing to me, dancing with me, wiping away my tears, cooking for me and making me laugh at every turn. Unfortunately, like so many Filipinos, her story is not all smiles and love. She had to choose a life away from her daughter and thousands of miles from her family. There are literally thousands of people around the world, thousands of people around the world, me included, who have been influenced by her endless kindness and love. Filipinos give of themselves, of their time, their money, their love, to others. They do and continue to do what needs to be done to survive. I thought it was quite honorable of the producer to mention that to 0.0 Productions for the CNN episode. Absolutely amazing that there's people who are caring enough. My mom was the ultimate mom, like unconditional love. She was a little bit harder with me for some reason, but with my brother, he was she was a little bit more careful, maybe because he almost died when he was a baby. He's had asthma all his life, but she was a little bit tougher with me than compared to my brother. But my mom really did everything in her hands to make sure we were good. I likened my mom to this woman, Aurora, swallowed her pride and said, hey, I'm going to be with this man because my mom's family, you know, they came from poverty. But they were good-looking people. They resided in the northern part of the Philippines called Baguio. And my grandpa is half Greek, making them, her kids, their kids, meaning my mom and my aunt, a quarter Greek. Last name is Zervalakos. So you can imagine you have a bunch of light-skinned daughters and the suitors galore. 
you know, because they, you know, had mixed blood. So they're, they were ligers, you know, they, they, they were mixed looking Filipino. So there was a little bit of a candor and unique gem behind their looks. So I liken my mom to Aurora, but there's a portion there where her adopted daughter talks about how she's pressuring Aurora and her adopted daughter talks about the care and asking for care. So here you go. Many, many, many Filipino women like you who had to leave their families, go abroad. Yeah, absolutely, it is. Her three my children. Children. My eldest is uh, about four years now in Qatar. Then the other one is two years. And then the other one is in Hong Kong. Working conditions for OFWs, particularly in some Gulf states, can be punishing at best, abusive, or worse. I'm a single mom with my two grandchildren. I really cried a lot, especially this holiday season. Still, due to lack of opportunity at home, many Filipinos have little choice but to go somewhere far away, find a job, money. But hopefully in a few years, you think, they come back? Yes. Yeah, I, I hope really so. ask them to go home because I'm not getting younger anymore. I need them with my side. I tell them... Several times they call me up. Please get home soon. I need you. So in that one minute, Aurora talks about her sacrifice. Tony reels that out of her. The adopted daughter, excuse me, talks about the care of having her kids migrate all over from Qatar, Hong Kong, and then the U.S. And now Aurora's adopted daughter is asking for the kids to go back and care for her. But here's the hard thing. There's something controversial about that thought where you expect your kids to care for you. Sometimes I I felt like when all this health and earthquake uh, of financial earthquake came about to me, I felt like, wait, you didn't plan for your latter years. You just expected me or my brother. And, you know, my brother's lazy. He can't even care for himself. And you expected us to care for you. You guys didn't plan anything. And my mom came from that generation where she's a baby boomer, so she's dependent on my dad. And my dad was a selfish, narcissistic, vagina-thrusting fuck-up. He, he just so happens to come from a family where they, are, they own a pharmaceutical company in the Philippines. And, and I really, while I was watching that on Parts Unknown, I was thinking, that, that's so unfair of this woman to plead to her kids to care for them. Now there's the other side of the coin. You're supposed to take care of your parents, right? But what about you caring for you? I was on Facebook and I belong to this group called SoCal Filipinos. And on one of the posts, I think someone said, Hey, if you had like $5 million, would you stay in the U S or would you, move back to the Philippines and someone, and I'm paraphrasing this. There's so many posts there on Facebook. And one person, a female said, I'd retire in the Philippines. I will not burden my children. As I paraphrase her, I will not burden my children to care for me and for them to stop their lives. And I thought that was really noble of her to say. I thought that was really amazing of her to say. It was one of those situations where I was just like, oh man, I wish my mom thought like that. And I can't, 
be hard on my mom because she sacrificed everything. She's the woman where um, I do believe she was third in line as far as for the siblings. She had like seven siblings and she cared for my aunt, Mary Jo. She moved out of uh, living with us until we migrated here to the U.S. and she married a rich Jew in Beverly Hills. My uncle Edmund, my dad provided for his schooling and, you know, paid for his migration out here to the U.S. My aunt next door, uh, my aunt Angie, Tita Angie, gives my mom praise, claiming that my mom was the really the matriarch and who watched out for the kids. And because she has dementia, my heart melts. You know, I'm hoping she will remember and realize that every time I take her to DaVita, to dialysis Monday, Wednesday, Fridays, you know, I wake up at six in the morning to make sure I check her vitals. I check my brother's vitals. I do both their breakfast and then my brother's caregiver comes in at around 1145, leaves at 745. So he cares for my brother. And, you know, the frustrating thing, it's not the dialysis, it's, it's the dementia. Like as I was recording this or gathering info, for this recording, my mom cooked for the first time in, in a few weeks since I've been back from the Philippines. She made a mess. And I was like really frustrated because she spilled food on the floor. I had to clean the grill and the stovetop. And it was just frustrating because my mom is thinking to feed me and my brother. But she's she, she no longer views things in order or acts in order and views it from a messy lens. So here's my take. I'd much rather have the immigrant worker mentality because you get to plan financially better. A lot of the kids where, you know, it's the passing of the fortune methodology, a lot of them are shitheads. I want to say 90% of the people I've met, it's, it's expected. They don't know what it's like to struggle. So they just think like, oh, well, I struggled because I went to nursing school or I became a doctor or I became an athlete. Yeah, but your parents enabled you to do that. You didn't do that on your own, but they think that's the struggle. Is I went to, I went to a difficult period of becoming a nurse. I have a child. I'm, I'm raising them 50% of the time. But grandma and grandpa's there to help. They don't realize it. I I sighed with my friends that I mentioned on on one of the first two or three episodes of this podcast where they stand on their own two feet. It's the most amazing thing, to be honest with you. And I just have to figure out what my plans are as far as for my mother and brother because right now on a on a bad month I'm spending 8300 that's without paying for a caregiver for my mom because I'm the one who's caregiving on a good month about 7800 but I have to take on a six figure job to at least you know if I take a loss It has to be in the six figures because then that way I can pay for the caregiving. And even if I just balance it out where I spend five to five to six grand for my mom caregiving, living with us, 
at least I'm contributing to social security. And, you know, I've mentioned this in this pod before. I don't want to depend on social security, but at least for me, it's adding more coin to the bank. But to me, it's really, it's more about savings and trying to earn passive income. But yes, I just wanted to talk to you and share with you the two versions of Filipino mentalities as far as for caring for your parents and kids. And I'm on the immigrant side. I am biased because I'm I'm an immigrant myself. And I was forced to be a carer. Uh, A post-working life retired part of my mom. I'm not forced to care for her. I'm willing to do it. I took care of my dad, caring for my brother. But it was just a hard adjustment. But for me, I just prefer the people who have that immigrant worker mentality. I just love those people, my friends who were like that. I don't even like some of my relatives because they're just spoiled and disconnected and they just think they've achieved everything on their own. Anyways, this is Charlie here. Another episode of Asian Unfiltered. Showing love. Stay tuned for the next episode. Subscribe with us. Shouts to Believe Believe Podcast Network. Go ahead and follow me on Instagram. You can go to plug12, P-L-U-G-O-N-O-T-W-O. And uh, signing off for now. Asian Unfiltered on Apple Podcasts and iTunes. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.